We are in a series, um, wrapping this one, this part of it up today on spirit. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to start a new one um, next week, and I'm excited about that. That's going to be on the work of the spirit. So we're just today we're wrapping up sort of just in general what we've been describing as um, our encounters, our experience with spirit. And, um, and this one will be sort of more of outward kind of focus on how the Holy Spirit works uh, within our lives. Um, this uh, week, I was talking to um, a client. And for those who don't know, I also am a <clears throat> life coach outside of this. And um, so uh, one of the things I uh, was discussing with one of my clients has been really exciting to see her go from being stuck to finally um, achieving and starting a business. And she's launching this and it's become remarkably already taken off. It's become successful right from go um, because it was true to who she was and how she was made and she was fighting it for a long time. And whenever you get closer to your true calling, mission, purpose, you fight it hard because that's the thing that exposes the truth of who you are and it makes you feel very vulnerable. And, um, and so she finally pulled the trigger, did it, and she was so excited about it. And today, we, yes, this past week, we got to follow up on her first two sessions. And she said to me, you know what goes through my mind, though, immediately and all the time is that while this is both exciting and I'm thrilled that I'm doing it, I have this voice always in my head saying, who are you to do this? And it immediately reminded me of how that voice is always around. And that no matter who I speak with, there's always a sense of while you are moving towards the thing you know you're supposed to do, there's always this other voice inside you trying to keep you from achieving that thing. In the ancient uh, Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament, uh, there's one of these books that's probably, according to most scholars, considered the oldest book of the Bible. And that book is the book of Job. And in this book, there's a scene set up by the author. And the scene is of a heavenly court where there's the judge and actually now has become the defendant, Yahweh, God, Elohim, who's on the defense while the accuser named Satan, which is actually the uh, the description, the name means accuser, is accusing God. And then from there on throughout the Hebrew scriptures is accusing Israel of her lack of faithfulness and her being uh, not worthy of God's blessings. And that would continue on and it continues on to even you and me and to my client this very week who are you to think you can do this? Uh, and, uh, and so I wanted to wrap up this series with um, this one called Spirit. And uh, I'm calling it Reminder. But the reason why I didn't put this on here is because I wanted you to see it with me. Where are we? Here we are. Source. 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 Here we go. Okay. I'd like Chris. Where's Chris? Chris, could you, could you say what, what that word is underneath there? 
punched about it? No, no, no. <laughs> you, you actually say it the best. Yes. Forget about it. Forget about it. So it's that, that inimitable Boston accent. It's perfect. It's, it's just so good. Um, yeah. So, what's that? Yeah, please do. There we go. So, so every time I say that, I'd like you to say it, Chris. Um, we're going to talk about forgetfulness uh, during this talk because it is one of the problems with, um, and this is one of the, interestingly enough, I've never thought of this until this past week, that one of the main jobs of spirit is to remind us. And, and you see this repeated throughout the New Testament. Uh, John himself says it, several times, that the spirit will come and he will remind you as if the problem is, is that we would forget. And interestingly enough, it's not the forgetting. The problem isn't that we forget the actual details of a particular story or of an event. I think what's happening is we're forgetting something much deeper. We're forgetting what happened to us through that story. We're forgetting the hope we had. We're forgetting the faith we had. We're forgetting the awareness, the openness, the eyes to see that we once saw differently. And then we forget and we go back to seeing the way we once saw before. A friend of mine um, a few months ago, I'd met her a couple years ago. She had um, been a survivor of cancer and a very aggressive one. And it uh, almost took her life. And she said that um, prior to that, she was just sort of this, you know, party animal, always going out, having fun um, and living life really big. And uh, in that moment, she, when she during this, the, the, the period of time she was uh, battling cancer, she had a moment. She said when she finally uh, the lights went on and she said, that's it. I'm turning my life around. And uh, in that moment, she began to work hard on herself um, she beat cancer. And, um, and when I met her, it was about a year. It was, a, it was like maybe about two, three years afterwards. And, uh, and in talking with her, I couldn't, be, I couldn't help but see a glory and a beauty emerging from her. It was just something really profound. There was a sweetness and a tenderness about her. There was a very peaceful way that she engaged life. I said, wow, I can't believe you were once this like, you know, party animal and all that. And she says, yeah. It's all true. It's all part of it's still deep within me, but it's not something that um, I'm really drawn to anymore. I find myself um, much more interested in transformational work and becoming the person that I know that I already am on the inside. Okay. But then I saw her a year later and she said, you know, in confidence, she told me, you know, I'm having a hard time holding on to that because I'm forgetting about it. It's free. It's, it's starting to slip through. Are you with me folks? Is that, is that any of this makes sense? <laughs> like the, the, the slipping through the hands, like it's sand. Like I, I had this at one point, I knew it. I can remember all the facts about the story. I can remember, I can tell you about it, but somehow the feeling, the experience, the faith, the hope, the awareness, that's the stuff that's slipping through my hands. And I believe that's why John is, is saying that I will, the G, quoting Jesus saying, I will send you the spirit who will remind you because you're going to face things that are going to make you forget. And one of the big things is that of accusation. 
Let's look at John chapter 14 uh, and verse 16. And the whole context right here is really marvelous. Between John 14 and 16, there's this flow of thought that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples, you must remain in me and me in you, you in me. And there's this constant back and forth between I in you, I in the Father, the Father in me, me in you, Holy Spirit coming to be within you. There's this whole language of intimacy and of connection and of flow. And in John 14, he says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another. Guess what the word is here? Could you believe it? It's advocate. Why would you need an advocate? Because there's an accuser, folks. Because there's an accuser that's always functioning within us and within society. And the moment we begin to move forward in our growth and in our spiritual development, there's a voice of the accuser either rising up from within us or coming at us from the outside. And that's why Jesus says, you're going to need an advocate. You're going to need a defender. And the one I'm going to send you will be the defender who will protect and argue against you and argue against those lies and remind you of what? He will remind you of the truth. The advocate will help you and be with you forever in this uh, called the spirit of truth. Because the spirit of truth will always argue against the accusation and the accusation will always argue against the truth. And the truth is something that is so deep and so profound that it isn't just one statement, but it is something akin to the, the truth of your identity, who you really are and who God really is. And oftentimes we forget those two things. It's, it's, it's sort of very much uh, like uh, an acorn. An acorn is a, 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 whenever an acorn actually finally becomes an oak tree, it's a, it's a fairly lucky thing because the, a, the acorn, when it finally falls to the ground, there's a lot of things that are coming looking for it. Squirrels, blue jays, deer. There's, an, there's a, a different plants that will, will, uh, will affect its ability to grow. Uh, and so there's a lot that's against it. But once it gets into the, the soil, it begins to, 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 to create a root right away to hold itself to the ground. The truth about the acorn is that the acorn has all the information it needs to become an oak tree. There is no information within it that is missing to become what it, sh what it already is at its core. Does that make sense? It's the same thing with cells, with, with genes. Genes contain all the information that, is, that it needs. It does not need it. It's not missing anything. And yet oftentimes one of the, one of the accusations we get is that we are not enough. You do not have what you need in order to do whatever it is that you have in your mind to do. Over and over again, this comes up. You're not enough. You don't have enough. Who are you? But the truth is that you have everything you need already within you. Now, it's not sufficient because you also need external you need what's on the outside. The acorn needs the nutrients that come from the ground. 
It needs the sunlight. It needs the rain. It needs uh, carbon. It needs all kinds of things in order for it to grow. But the acorn contains all the information. And so the reminder is not a reminder of something that you are not. It's a reminder of something that's already been true within you, but that spirit is trying to develop and grow within you. And there's a voice of an accuser that's always coming against that. And you will need the advocate who will remind you of the truth. John 14, 26 But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You see, it's both the truth of that. You are already, you are like an acorn. You have everything you need. But on the other side, you also need external. You need the food. You need the, you you need help. You need assistance. And so the advocate reminds us, reminds us of the truth of what we already once knew, but have forgotten. Last week, we had some stories that were really, um, we had one story that was shared, and I've been hearing from some of you. And maybe we'll take some time and, and, and do that this morning again. Is the way the spirit is what I talked about this last sun, last Sunday, I believe it was, is that the spirit is uh, it, it's even more frustrating for people because, you know, one thing you had at one point, Israel had um, it, it had a, a leader. It, it, it had Moses. And, and and frustratingly enough, Moses goes away. And so the people luckily gets get 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 Joshua. OK, Joshua, that's good. We got a leader. Uh, but then Joshua goes away, and now you have no central figure in that time of the period of the judges arises. So that's the book of the judges, where you, you have these deliverers, of these, the, these uh, you know, the deliverers, that's what they were really called more than judges. They were rising up, and they were delivering Israel from her periodic troubles, but there was no central leader. And finally, they cry out, and they say, please, Samuel, who is a prophet, give us a leader, give us somebody, give us a king. And guys, this is not a good idea, right? But you want a king? Fine, I'll give you a king. Well, they get a king, and then the period of kings goes on, and at least they have a central figure they can follow. But the problem is that these central figures oftentimes are not very good people. They're pretty corrupt. And so um, along comes finally the person of Jesus. And Jesus is uh, a troublemaker, but at least he's a central figure around which the disciples can sort of put their, you know, follow. And Jesus is saying that at this point, uh, the, the temple, which had been a central place of worship, a physical structure that they could go to, and, um, and that that kind of brought them together, now was replaced by Jesus. That's what John is saying early in the book of John, saying this is what repre- replacing the temple is the person of Jesus. But then Jesus says, I must go away. It's critical. It's so important. And it seems like every leader that is a central figure must go away at some point in order for you and I to grow. And, and, but he says, but I'm going to send you the spirit. I'm going to send you 
Spirit. Spirit's going to come. But, 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 who, but who? What? How? What does that look like? In what way is that helpful? Because spirit is what? What exactly are you talking about? Is there something that I can follow that's more tangible? Right? But what Jesus is communicating, what John's communicating here about Jesus and what Jesus is saying is that Jesus himself is going to send the spirit, but that the spirit is going to work through the church. And so the church becomes the people through which God is doing his work. And God is doing this work of reminding us of the truth. And so it's within you. It's within me. It's not up to the pastor and the leader of a denomination to be the one that is communicating this truth about who you are and about who God is. It is up to the church, the people of God to do that very work. And that is what is exciting and incredibly empowering is that within you and me right now is the presence of spirit and spirit wants to rise up within you to make you fully who you already are to remind you of this, but it works powerfully in the dynamic of a community gathering together. And so when we're together and we're sharing these stories about what God has done, some of you have said suddenly the lights went on or I was reminded of something or something I had experienced back five years ago came back to me, but it not only comes back to you in the way it once was, it comes back to you at a higher level. There's a deeper level of awareness because the reminder isn't just a reminder of what was, it's a reminder of what was, but then it also takes on a new dimension because it's always moving forward. Because who you are is like an acorn. It is always developing and growing until the day that you pass on from this life to the next. You're always growing. You are always becoming more fully the person that God created you to be. And so this is why we gather. This is why we come together. It's a reminder of what we are and who we're becoming. So that's all I have to say this morning. Isn't that a short sermon compared to my other ones? But what I'd like to do is have some of you share your story. I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but, I, uh, but I'm going to ask Holly. I'm kidding. Um, Holly, you had mentioned something to me um, a couple weeks ago where you said something woke up within you that you hadn't experienced in a while. Um, you're on the spot. You can't think. Yes, you could kill me. I know. I can see that. There's some flames coming out at me. <laughs> um, it, it, so you had this thing happen within you where it had been a while. That you, you said that you had felt this, this sense of spirit. When we began the series, um, something came back. Could you say something about that? I had not felt the Holy Spirit in a long time. And that particular day when I came in, um, through the songs and through the worship, um, I was able to feel the Holy Spirit again. And it had been such a long time, I didn't think that would ever happen again. Wow. And what, does, what was that feeling like for you? It was um, tingling through my body, and then I just started crying for no reason. Mm. Mm. 
And that's how it's come in the past to me. In the past, it's also come like feeling something brush against me in the past. But this time it was just like the tingling and then crying for no reason. Mm. It's been a really long time since that's happened. How good did that feel? felt great because that's I've that's what I want. I want more of the Holy Spirit. And mm. it's, it's been so long that I'd kind of given up hope that I was going to experience that. Mm. Mm. Were there any voices of negativity around that? Like, this will never happen again? No. Yeah. No, I mean, during in the past. So oh, up to yeah, this point, yeah. Was there... In the past, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it's like a, a limited thing. It's not going to happen again. Yeah. 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 And so this brought back hope. This brought back yeah. that experience. So you could remember the experience of the Holy Spirit, but this was a different remembering then. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of renewed my faith that it's possible to experience the Holy Spirit again. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Good job for being on the spot, Holly. <laughs> this is stretching and growing, right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. A- any, anyone? Come on. All right. Awesome. Donna. This summer, I experienced a series of losses, and it left me feeling empty. And I've been praying that the Lord would give me a renewed mission. How can I serve you, God? And so last week, at the, towards the end of the service, we were encouraged to experience the Spirit. And what I experienced was Jesus wrapping his arms around me and giving me peace and to just relax and let him lead me but not be impatient to to wait for him and just to be still and to know that he is god wow thank you that's awesome daniel you um daniel you had prayed for deb Deb, would you share what, what happened there? Like you shared it with us before, but I want to hear this again because it was good because it was something really powerful. You'd begin to doubt, right? So the, the accuser was very present. <laughs> yeah. It, it, things had gone from bad to worse for me in my head. Um, I was an atheist a lot of my life, so I've got a lot of old tapes that I can go right back to so easily. And I just wasn't feeling God. I wasn't feeling joy. I wasn't happy. And I didn't want to come to church. But I was here. And I was just like, God, you better show me a sign. Like, I don't have enough of a sign. You know, I want more. <laughs> so I felt a hand on my shoulder. And I turned around. It was Danielle. And... I think most of you know I lost my daughter to addiction. And I have a lot of her friends that I know that are still struggling Mm. with it. So when I look at Danielle, I see a walking, talking miracle of God. And I felt that. And then I I heard Jeff singing. And for those of you that don't remember, it was about a year and a half ago when we started coming. I was pushing Jeff in a wheelchair. He was in a hospital bed. He came in his pajamas and slept in the back most of the time. And I heard him singing. And I'm like, okay, big guy, I got it. <laughs> you know? And I have just had the most amazing week. I just feel God back again. And I'm just so thankful. Mm. So thankful. This was a reminder, but a reminder in the experience, it sounds like, as opposed to just thoughts. And that's what's 
really amazing is the, 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 the awakening that happened to you. Because it, it was at the heart level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful. You know, accusation seems true, doesn't it, when we hear it in our heads? It seems so true. I mean, it's so convincing. And that's why it's so effective. And a spirit of truth is one that counters that and says, that's not the truth. The truth is that you are a child of God. The truth is that you are wonderfully made by God. The truth is that you have destiny, have calling, have purpose, have meaning, have beauty, have all of that within you right now. You are complete. There is nothing missing. That's the truth. And we need to be reminded of that because the accuser sounds so true. It sounds so right. It's a familiar tape. You talked about the tapes that play in your mind. They play in your mind and they are so convincing. It sounds like your own voice. You would not even recognize it as it being from the outside. Am I right? Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that we, now we see it, you can call it out. You can go, oh, oh, right, right, right. This voice, that's the voice of the accuser. It's not the voice of God. It's not the voice of spirit that is within me and that is within my community. And sometimes we need the community because the voices within us are so powerful. It's hard for us to get out of that. You had your hand up. Me? Uh, microphone? We're going all the way over. Sue. I used to belong to a church in Pittsburgh that was very heavily into the movement of the Holy Spirit. We had a revival that I'll never forget. And during that time, the Lord used me a lot in prophecy and healing and words of knowledge and things like that. And then I moved away and I came to New Hampshire for about 11 years. And I was in a church that that didn't happen. There was never an opportunity. And then I came here. Uh, about two years ago, and I still didn't really, I mean, I knew this was a church where you could, you know, let the Holy Spirit out if he was trying to get out, but I still didn't have any opportunity, but um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in the circle in the front afterwards, and we were just listening to the Holy Spirit, and I went over to someone that I didn't know, and the Lord just started flowing. It was like a flow that I had missed for so long. I felt like I was a dried-up river, but that well was coming up, and mm. pictures and words were coming, and I was, I was speaking to this young lady, and I could tell that it was really the Lord because she seemed to be very um, moved by what I was saying. Hmm. And I said, Lord, you haven't left me. You're still there. The well's been unplugged. Oh, yabba dabba do. I'm going. I love this. I love this. I, I just live for this. Well, I had um, uh, Cindy and, and um, Patty pray for my brother last week after the service. He just had knee replacement surgery, and he has this really huge hurdle, more than most people who have the surgery, because he had a, a bow leg, and he, his hand muscle is not, it's very short, so he has twice as much work to do as another person who had their leg, uh, their knee replaced. And I said, he really needs a miracle. And so they, they were praying for me, and they had a picture of me praying for my brother and 
whole thing. So I couldn't wait to get home. I was like, oh, the spirit's moving. I can't wait. And I went home, and when there wasn't anybody around, I told my brother, the Lord's assured me that if I lay hands on you, he's going to begin give you a healing you know, not that you're immediately going to jump up and say hallelujah, but God's going to do something to help you in this process. And so I laid hands and I just prayed for him very quietly. And he was very, very open to it. And the next day I came downstairs, how's it going? He goes, pretty good. And I, I looked, he had this this thing on his leg where if you touch just above his knee, it felt like a rock. Okay, and I think they were saying there was a hematoma under there, and they're working to get that out. But I was starting to touch it, and it was softening. And the next day, he climbed up 14 stairs to his bedroom. For the first time, he was able to go, and he got to sleep upstairs in his own bed with his cat waiting for him. So it was like the Lord is like starting to open doors that seem to be closed forever in the past, and, and, and he's showing me, uh-uh, I got, I, you're still there, I still got it, all you have to do is ask, and I'm mm. just so happy about it. It's really awesome. It really is. What an awesome reminder. Let's, this is, yeah, let, you know what I think we should do is, because of the time, it's, it's 10 after 11, I want to make sure we spend enough time in worship and in doing this stuff. Because uh, this has been our thing lately. We've said, you know what, let's just start doing the stuff. Let's have people come up. Let's sing together. So what we'll do is Jim will lead us in a song. And then um, the second song, we'll come up and uh, do the thing that we've been doing, stand in a circle and kind of sing. You don't have to if you're uncomfortable. You can, you know, this is the way we, we roll here in the vineyard. We've always been this way. So you can sit, stand, do whatever you want. There's no pressure whatsoever. Um, so, but we'll stand up here and then we'll sing. And then uh, please feel free during that time just to move out, to, um, to uh, move out in the, and pray and, and maybe speak out something. But here's the, one of the rules that we have. We've, we've had this rule since we've been a vineyard is that before you go over and pray for someone, ask them if it's okay for you to pray for them because some people are uncomfortable with that and we honor that. This is an issue of safety and we honor safety and spirit does too. And so what we want to make sure is that there's plenty of safety established in this room so that if you want to, if you don't want to receive prayer, you could just say, I'm good. And that we will honor because that's important. Um, but, uh, but let's, but let's have some freedom, man. Let's this is, this is experiment. This isn't getting it right. This is, this is experimentation. So let's stand and uh, worship together. You are here, loved as you are. You are loved by the one who has more than enough. Receive, receive, receive. Let gratitude swell, may it be. Response will flow. I bless you to reflect on what is significant in your life. May time stealers decrease. I bless you to love your neighbor. May you be interruptible. Now move in light of God's love and peace, love, and blessings on you and your week. Amen.